Hello, podcast listener. The App Guy podcast. Every Sunday and Thursdays. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. The App Guy Podcast. And now, Paul the App Guy. Yes, welcome to another episode of the App Guy Podcast. I am your host, I'm Paul Kemp, and it's the podcast for you if you're an app developer, indie app developer, business owner, entrepreneur, whatever your walk in life. If you want to stay with us, listen to us, and we interview a load of different guests on this show. It's all about their journey and you know, their involvement in apps and the, the digital world and all the things we like to talk about. So uh, I appreciate you listening. And uh, before I get into this week's episode, I just want to mention that uh, Megan Holston is someone that I have picked up on in uh, Everest. There's an app called Everest. And she's writing her first app. And I uh, just wanted to give a shout out to her. Good luck with the first app. And we, you know, we're, we're there to support you. Um, so if you go and download the app Everest and just check out uh, Megan Holston and give her a little thumbs up or a prop or, or something that that's inspired you, then that would really help her uh, trying to get her first app out. Um, so let's get into uh, the App Guy podcast. I've got a great guest lined up for us today. We're going to learn a load. Um, I've just I know in the pre-talk that I've learned <laughs> quite a lot already. Um, his name is uh, Samuel Hulick, and he is a UX designer from Portland, Oregon. And uh, he is soon to be an author. Uh, it's, he's got a book out as we're recording this. It's going to be two weeks. And so um, we're going to talk about that. And he is also a, a writer on medium.com. And you can find him at uh, samuelhulick.com and also useronboarding.com. And I'll put links to those in the show notes at onemob.com. And if you go to the show with Samuel Hulick, but welcome on the App Guide podcast, Samuel. We're really pleased that you could join us. Uh, it's your evening, my morning, um, but welcome to the App Guide podcast. It's very nice to be here. That's great. And I thought we could just start off by um, getting to know you a little bit. Could you tell us about yourself and uh, how you um, got into the things that you're doing right now? Sure. I, well, I think you summed it up pretty nicely. I am indeed a UX designer from Portland, Oregon. I uh, have been for probably about six or seven years now. Uh, sometimes I was full-time at an agency or full-time at a SaaS company here in Portland, uh, but recently went out on my own and, and, as you mentioned, am also writing a book. Great. And it's that journey we want to really home in on because we have listeners who um, perhaps are thinking about going it, uh, it alone and we'd love to lo- learn from your experience you know can you take us back to that time when you were making that transition what were you doing beforehand and how did you ultimately end up going and doing your own thing yeah absolutely i i've always had an an itch to uh go out and accomplish something that had independent value as opposed to just earning a salary uh, having something that i could hang my hat on and and own at the end of the day so the the UX positions that I had never really fulfilled that completely, but it also being a UX designer, I never had the, I guess you could say, marketing chops to be able to take a product fully to market on my own. 
So that was one area of weakness. I would start a lot of side projects and then design them out, build them out, and then try to figure out how to sell them and immediately realize I didn't know how to do that and move on to something else. So one thing that I really focused on was getting a lot better at marketing and customer acquisition. Uh, I was working as a customer success lead at a company called Cloudability here in Portland and uh, wound up being chosen for a three-month customer or user acquisition apprenticeship with Rob Walling, uh, who may know from Startups for the Rest of Us podcast or MicroConf. He also wrote a book uh, called Start Small, Stay Small. It was really fantastic to work with him. And at the end of the apprenticeship, I wanted to fulfill that, that intention of bringing a product to market and decided that writing a book would be a good way to do that. Well, that is great. I actually not come across uh, customer acquisition apprenticeships before. I mean, I'm phoning you or Skyping you from the UK. So tell us a little bit more about that. Sure. It, it was something where, it, once again, it was just a, a blind spot for me, having a UX background. I also have done my own uh, development. I kind of did, did that professionally before switching over to UX. But looking at how to run an AdWords campaign or identify what the cost of acquisition for a customer was going to be, lifetime value, churn retention, things along those lines was, was an, a, a language I didn't really speak. So being able to apprentice for three months, I mean, it wasn't, um, you know, I don't think it's, a, it wasn't like I went to school or there was like a formal thing. It was just a, an opportunity that I had to work with, with, the, with that one person and, uh, you know, ran Facebook ad campaigns did content marketing, looked at the drip acquisition funnels and things along those lines. Just a real, got a real breadth of experience that I wouldn't have had otherwise. And I think that really helped prime me for, for bringing my own product to market. You know, this is great. We've interviewed um, a lot of different guests over the last uh, 30 odd episodes we've had of the App Guy podcast. And, you know, one thing that has come out is just this passion to work on apps. But many of us do miss the opportunity to market them effectively. And I'd love to just drill down a little bit deeper into some of the um, marketing campaigns that you got to learn about. Maybe you could share the ones that you found were successful, such as, you know, was AdWords or Facebook. Which one would you suggest uh, is the most optimal for uh, a launch of a new app? Uh, my general understanding is that AdWords has gotten a lot more expensive, especially of late. Facebook ads were a little bit cheaper, but the platform it, itself that it was built on was really volatile. The tools that you use were Facebook proprietary uh, UIs and things like that, and were changing even more than week by week, day by day. So fields would suddenly not be there anymore. They'd be moved to a totally different screen, things like that. It became really hard that unless if you were just totally living within the Facebook ads ecosystem to stay on top of, of your campaigns and understand what was shifting underneath you uh, in that regard. So it, it is really hard unless if you're taking a lot of time to focus a lot on it. My re general recommendation would be to focus more on, I guess, what you could bro broadly or term content marketing, where you're creating something like a blog, or in my case, the teardowns on useronboard.com, uh, attracting attention that way, and then turning those into... Uh, email signups, especially, and maintaining an email marketing campaign and using that to to hopefully generate uh, customers. Yeah, in one of my recent episodes, uh, we talked about email marketing campaigns, and um, perhaps we could go, get into that in a, a few minutes, but I just wanted to carry on with this, um, 
these platforms. Have you uh, tried Twitter? Twitter ads? Yeah. I, I haven't really dipped my toe in there. LinkedIn ads are also supposed to be pretty good, but I guess that in that case, you're also have to be conscious of what kind of mode somebody's in when they're on any of those platforms. So if your application doesn't have a lot to do with professional uh, career development, then maybe LinkedIn wouldn't necessarily be the best uh, avenue for it in the same way if it's not inherently social or kind of casual, Twitter might not be the best case there either. So just kind of thinking about what sort of mindset someone's in when they're going to be coming across your ads. That's another reason why uh, email marketing makes a lot of sense because generally people are pretty business oriented when they're in their inbox and, and to come up on their radar while they're in that kind of mindset is a good idea. Talk us through then uh, how you use content marketing and um, email campaigns. Sure. So I, we, weirdly for someone who is writing a book, I really don't enjoy writing that much. It's, it's always, in <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, so when I, I, and I basically, you know, talking about like having an email list and I saw you had Nathan Barry on, um, a week or two ago, uh, yes. you know, certainly he's been like really influential in, in opening my eyes to the power of that whole approach. And I really started with, with zero audience, no email list, no nothing. And it decided, you know, if I'm going to bring an ebook to market, I need to first build up an audience and build up that email list and just sketched out ideas of how I could go about doing that. Uh, guest post, uh, guest blogging on other blogs, things along those lines. And uh, one thing that I just kind of came up with is as a UX designer, a lot of times I will be doing uh, an annotated walkthrough of someone's uh, workflow, usually an onboarding one, things along those lines, and basically saying, this this seems to be done well, this, this introduces some confusion or anxiety, or this button doesn't really work, it should be bigger, things along those lines. And, I, and those I really do enjoy doing. And so I thought, maybe if I just created a slideshow of one of those, like I delivered to my clients, but instead of, since they pay me for it, I didn't feel comfortable publish, kind of publishing something that they had commissioned. I just decided to pick a company at random and created a slideshow based around theirs and, and posted it live. Uh, and that kind of is what kicked off the website in general. So th that night I, I put it out on SlideShare and got an email from one of the founders the next morning and was like, oh no, because I thought they were going to say, hey, thanks a lot for asking us before posting this and airing our dirty laundry, or <laughs> okay. things like that. And uh, instead, he reached out and said, I, uh, thank you so much for, do for doing this and thanks for sharing this. We've already made half the changes that you recommended and we're going to make the other half later this week. Let me know if I can help with, you know, publish or uh, uh, provide uh, PR for your book and things like that. So it was a total total 180 from what I expected it to be and was the, was really a lot of positive encouragement and from there on I decided doing these things that I enjoyed doing that uh, appeared to be providing a lot of relevant helpful content to people uh, that wasn't specifically just sitting down and writing essays really made a lot of sense for me so that was the the genesis of the user onboard site this is a lovely story and it almost makes me feel that uh, there's parts of the work that we do that are private, you know, just literally us on our computer. And if you then start to share that with a global audience, then you get a, you know, content, which ends up becoming a list. And so um, just, I didn't know, I, in the, in the pre-chat we had, I didn't know uh, about teardowns. You explained it very well. Mm -hmm. um, 
perhaps I'm pretty, I hope there's another few listeners out there that doesn't know what a teardown is. Perhaps you could just explain, um, you know, what, what a teardown is and, and how you actually create one. Yeah, yeah. Probably going through the process of how I make it is the easiest way to describe it. So I have a screen recording software called ScreenFlow, which basically just records audio and video of whatever is happening on my computer. So I go pull up a site, like say I just recently did Gmail, um, or let's actually pick a different one. Uh, let's say Netflix, for example. Pull up a site like Netflix, go full screen and record what's happening on the screen and also give myself live commentary audio as I go and basically just go through the process of what it, what it takes to sign up and get started in, in any given application. Like again, Netflix, for example. So asking for my email address and information, my credit card, customizing by picking out the, my favorite genres or things along those lines as I go. Uh, at the end, I have a, usually it's about a 40 minute to hour long video. And then I take those and screen by screen, pull them out and turn them into a slideshow. Uh, and then create annotations, written annotations on top of the slides based off of the audio commentary that I provided to myself and then publish them. And what software is it you're using? Uh, the software, the recording software is called ScreenFlow. Uh, and then I create the slideshows in Keynote and then I publish them as slideshows on my site with some custom jQuery I wrote. This is great. I mean, you know, all of us, uh, building apps, for example, um, we often have to go to the website of our clients and it's one of the reasons why we get the job because uh, the client's website looks pretty poor on a uh, an iPhone or, you know, like a Samsung or whatever smartphone that, you know, we're using. And, and so to be able to like share with the client a teardown of their website, I think would be very powerful and, you know, po possibly could lead to other business. Do you know of any um, ability to record uh, the experience on an, an iPhone or a, um, you know, an Android device? Yeah, so I, I actually just did, and people are asking for mobile teardowns way more than they are for, for desktop ones, quote unquote. So I'm, I'm trying to do those more and more. I just recently did one for WhatsApp after they got acquired. I thought it'd be interesting to see how they had onboarded so many millions of users. So I found a program called Air Server. And basically what that does is it connects to my phone over Bluetooth and basically and mirrors it onto my onto my computer. And then I can record via ScreenFlow whatever the air server uh, is transmitting to it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. Uh, air server. Yeah, and, and uh, it's like 10 or $15. It's totally worth it. It's a, it's a very, it, it, it does the job. Yeah, because there's been um, restrictions by Apple to have recording software on your iPhone. Yeah, and it so, doesn't. Uh, that seems like a good solution to that. that yeah, the recording happens on the computer you're mirroring it to, not on the iPhone itself. Great. Okay, so I'll put a link to that in onemob.com. If you just go and check out podcasts, go to Samuel's uh, episode, and you'll find a link to the uh, all the things that we're talking about here. So that is great. So I'm almost like now I'm exploring the possibility of um, creating teardowns for clients who I'm building apps for. And I'm sure that if you're listening, you could do the same. Uh, the, the possibilities are endless. And it just seems like you've got great traction from your, you know, you're building up an audience and uh, all this from uh, doing these teardowns. What's been the best teardown that you've, um, you've done? Uh, like the most interesting one or the one that got the most traffic or? 
well, the one that um, both, I guess. I, I, th- I honestly, this might sound like a parent saying they love all their kids equally, but th- th- they're all interesting in their own way. So <laughs> I don't think that there was one that I've, I would say really stood out as being a total, you know, heads and tails or uh, far, far above all the other ones as far as being interesting or compelling. Um, some of them have been more, more highly trafficked than others. I think I did one for Quora that really did pretty well. So, so how long does it take to make one of these teardowns? Yeah, so like I mentioned, it takes, let's say it takes about an hour to just record it. After that, I go back and, you know, play it back to myself for for reference. So that takes about an hour as I'm creating the slideshow itself. Probably round that up to two hours or three. And then just to get it published on my site takes another half hour to an hour. So generally trying to keep it pretty straight streamlined, but somewhere in the four hour range, give or take uh, an hour and do you do these mostly from finding the you know the websites or the uh, apps and you decide to do them or are you being approached by those founders those um, the, the pr people marketing people are you getting clients to say look can you give us a teardown of our uh, of our either app or website how's how is that business coming to you uh, from a ux consulting standpoint yes yeah, a lot of times people would reach out and say, hey, I really like the teardowns you're doing. You, you know, would it be possible to do one for us? Uh, and so I wound up getting a pretty significant amount of consulting interest just through the site, which was kind of a happy side effect. And uh, so I've created a service where I basically go through the same process, but I also provide the hour plus long video and really make sure to go into a lot of depth and talking about things, even things that wouldn't make it into a slideshow, like uh, the screen load time or what you might call micro interactions, things that maybe a drop down didn't really uh, load in, in the way that I thought it would or things along those lines. So commenting on all of that and in a lot of granular detail, turning that into a slideshow like I, like I do for the other ones that I do just publicly and then delivering those, letting them go over it with their team and then following up with a, with a video chat a few days later. That sounds like a great service. And um, do you mind then if I ask how how much would that cost for um, you know someone listening if they're interested in approaching you and getting a teardown of their particular app? What, what um, we uh, what would you charge for that? Uh, I'm currently charging three thousand dollars for that service. Great. Well, that sounds like a wonderful business, and I think people listening, you know, should really think about what you've done here, you've found the use of having teardowns and putting those online, getting high traffic, and that's ultimately led to a consultancy business that you're running now. Is that the main primary thing that you're you're channeling your focus on? Uh, I guess you're trying to get this book out as well. Yeah, the, the book is definitely the the thing that I'm really just trying to to get off my plate right now. It's it's been uh, I'm I'm kind of fond of saying that I'm glad I didn't know what it would entail when I started or I never would have. So uh, <laughs> it's it's been a real, real hustle just trying to get this book written and revised and reviewed and and uh, ready for launch. So fortunately, in the next couple of weeks, it looks like that will be, you know, going off my plate, at which point I'm going to be really doubling down on, on consulting, either offering the one-off uh, expert reviews, which is what I just outlined a minute ago, and also uh, longer-term onboarding optimization services, uh, consulting offering. 
Great. And uh, how can we get the book then? Uh, where's the best place to go to get that book? Yeah, useronboard.com should be pretty much the central hub for all of this. I'm not sure exactly what the URL for the book will be, but I'm I'm positive that it will be linked to pretty prominently there. Uh, is it so? How are you publishing it? Is it a publisher that uh, you're working with, or is it self-published? Self-published and as a PDF, at least as far as the the version one is concerned. Well, that's great. Well, congratulations. That's you know. Let's hope you can get through this uh, next couple of weeks and get it out. And we're obviously even more thankful now that you've taken time out of your evening to come and join us on the App Guide podcast, given all these things that are going on in your life right now. What? Where do you see your your business going then? Have you had any thoughts about the future and and what can really start to develop from all these different things you're getting involved with? Uh, well, you know, I would certainly like to, like I mentioned, kind of put the pedal to the metal as far as consulting goes as soon as as soon as I have my runway clear of, of the book. So getting that out there, I'd ultimately like to, you know, aspire to be uh, recognized as the authority on user onboarding in general. There, there isn't a whole lot of information out there on that. And I uh, would like to, to help share everything that I've learned and continue to learn even more. I mean, this is great. I do think there's a huge future. I mean, I, I actually didn't know a lot about user onboarding when we first spoke. And uh, now that I've gone through with you, uh, you know, your, what you're doing, the consultancy, that seems like incredible value to get. I mean, if you think about the value that WhatsApp got from its business just simply by having a great user experience, Mm -hmm. whether that was whether that was by luck whether they actually had an internal team I'm talking about user onboarding <laughs> but uh, clearly it's worked for them and especially in the world of apps where every click matters i mean we if you remember using your phone you know 4 years ago 5 years ago it was pretty clunky to get through all this stuff but now it's just so slick it's our primary device but every click could mean that you lose a user and uh, that becomes really important to us as well. Yeah, yeah, super. I, I, I completely concur on that. I mean, especially if you look at you typical, typically you'll have kind of two different work modes. There's the, the, the product development mode and then the marketing mode. Uh, marketing drives a lot of people to your product and the product is supposed to be, you, you know, you're making it as good as you can with relevant features and things like that. But to look to bridge between those two. So not only are you getting people to, download your app, for example, and pull it up and understand it and, and have an enjoyable first use experience, but then also come back again. And so just looking at statistics, uh, SaaS apps, desktop versus mobile, pretty much across the board, getting from that first use to the second use is, a, is usually a gigantic cliff. So looking at increasing those numbers just basically as a survival rate for as many users as you possibly can so that they can then become successful using your product in whatever it's designed to be is uh, is kind of the whole reason you're doing it. So that's definitely an area that I've I've found typically is is an oversight and I think can provide a really really critical value. Samuel, I feel like uh, I better be careful with these questions because three thousand um, dollars you charge for consultancy and uh, we we obviously haven't paid you for this. So um, I, wait, I, what? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to start digging into the um, the things that you've learned in these teardowns and uh, in, in terms of the user experience. You know, are there big things to avoid? Are there things that uh, have really worked from the usability standpoint? Sure. 
Uh, so let's see. So general recommendations would be to, first of all, pay attention to whatever sort of activity is happening on your app. If you can do any kind of behavioral tracking, uh, mix panel or kiss metrics. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what the best approach there would be for, for native apps, but looking at just how many people are making it past sign up, how many people are making it, are confirming their email address, how many people are doing steps X, Y, and Z, and just seeing what, once again, those survival rates are can give you a really clear idea of what your, your leakiest, leakiest parts of your funnel are, of your conversion funnel. So that's just one thing, is just being paying a lot of attention to what's actually happening in reality, making decisions based off of those. As far as general UX recommendations go, obviously cutting out as many steps as possible when, when relevant. I don't want to say, obviously, you don't want to turn into just one gigantic step. Uh, you want to make it consumable, but provide, or cutting out unnecessary steps wherever you can is, is a very strong recommendation. And also really being a very attentive to people's the mental effort that's required to go through your setup process, being really clear, not confusing, not introducing points of anxiety where somebody isn't sure what's going to happen or isn't sure they're okay with it, things along those lines. So basically looking at how can you streamline things as much as possible to really uh, reduce the mental load on the person using it so that they can, they can spend more attention to get further into the experience and also just to speed up the experience so they can get to recognizing the value of your product that much more quickly. Well, that's great. Thank you. And I was uh, just in the last few minutes that we have uh, for the episode, I was just wondering if you could talk through how it feels now to be doing this, having success on your own and going it uh, with your with your own business compared to, you know, where you were, which was, I guess, working for a company. Mm -hmm. How does it feel, you know, living your life right now, doing these purpose fulfilled driven things? Talk us through that. Sure. Well, the commute's a lot more fun. Uh, <laughs> up and, to your bedroom or down to your cellar? Or well, out yeah, to your, we, like me now, out to my garden. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I, I find it a lot more fulfilling. It's something where certainly being able to work uh, on your own schedule is, is a really compelling thing. But even beyond beyond the, the niceties of, of the independent lifestyle, I find it a lot more rewarding kind of like what I said at the beginning, to have something that at the end of the day I could call my own and point to and say, you know, this is something that I've created and that I own is, is really fulfilling. Uh, it's also something where be putting something out there that other people enjoy is, is really rewarding of its own. And also with the sort of attention that it's gotten from a consulting standpoint and just kind of, I guess, what you would call career development, it's been, it's been really cool to have an audience to speak to that, that what I say resonates with them as opposed to just kind of being a guy with an opinion at a company. So that part's been really awesome as well. Wonderful. And what's it like living in Portland? Uh, great. I love it. I actually moved around a lot ever since I was a little kid and finally wound up here in Portland as an adult. And I didn't know that if I was ever going to really settle down somewhere. And I've been here for, I think, over nine years now. So it's definitely, I have a, a wife and a son and we've put down roots. It's, it's really quite nice. Yeah, because um, there's a lot of uh, news coming out about San Francisco being fairly expensive to live in the, you know, yeah. the boom of Silicon Valley and all the, uh, the, the anti-technology demonstrations or whatever's going on. Uh, you know, it seems to be a lot of, what, what, is that spilling over to Portland? Uh, a lot of those uh, anti-technology stories and, you know, 
do you have Google buses driving around Portland? I can't imagine <laughs> no. that that's happening. Yeah, definitely not. I, I would say, if anything, Portland's really enthusiastic about bringing more tech and more uh, venture venture capital into into the startup ecosystem here. So we're we're very happy to take whatever spills over from San Francisco, as far as as far as I can tell. Well, Samuel, we've. I've really enjoyed having a chat to you. Maybe uh, we could convince you to start your podcast as well, because I'm, I'm sure that there's so much stuff that you could actually come out with in terms of content. And uh, uh, let, let's just uh, tell the listeners where we can reach out and connect with you. How, how best can we get in touch? Sure. Yeah. The user onboard site uh, or sorry, user onboard.com site is, is definitely the best place to look. It's uh, it's spelled just like user onboarding, except that one was already taken, so I cut off the ing. And uh, also on Twitter, I'm at Samuel Hulick, S A M U E L H U L I C K. In the meantime, it just leaves me to say thank you very much for being on the App Guy podcast. I wish you all the success with uh, the book and with the consultancy. Well, I thank you very much for that. It's been great to be here. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. If you want to be a guest on the show or suggest someone, then please send an email to info at onemob.com. The App Guy podcast goes out every Sunday and Thursdays.